goes along with that. And interweave that with our worship so that we can kind of have a call and response, so we can respond to the words that we're hearing, what God is doing in our hearts and our minds, and then respond in worship. Uh, so it's going to look a little bit different this morning, and uh, if that's okay, I've titled the, the message this morning, and tell me what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear this. With arms wide open. Anybody, what's the first thing? That's right. Creed song. That's right. So I've battled that all morning once Gary and the band found out what I had titled the message, With Arms Wide Open. Gary mentioned, you should have you titled it With Arms Open Wide. That would have made all the difference. So if you can get past that right there for a second, with arms wide open, and get past the distraction of just, just let it, let God take captive that creed image that you have in your mind right now. Just let it dissipate. dissipate. I, can hear, I can hear the song in my mind as, as we speak. But it has a different meaning this morning. I've entitled it With Arms Wide Open. And what do we think? What do we imagine? What is the picture that comes to mind? When we envision ourselves or a loved one or some, anyone with their arms, a child with their arms wide open, open wide. What is that suggesting? Surrender, love. It's saying hugged. It, exactly. It's saying we are receiving. We are welcoming you without reservation. We are opening our arms We are excited. We are glad to see you, that you are here. We open ourselves for you to step into arms and allow us to wrap you up and to give you an embrace and to hug you. Think of a college student. Many of us have college students. Many of you have college students. You've been in college. Your parents, your grandparents, whomever, you're coming back. They're standing on the front porch, hopefully with arms wide open to do what? to welcome you back, to say, we are so glad you are here. What an amazing thing. And how that applies this morning as we go forward is worship is not the kickstart. When we come in on Sunday mornings and the band's playing and we begin to worship through song and with the instruments and with the band playing, that's not the beginning of our worship to the Lord. That's not what kickstarts us and gets us going. That is the culmination of all that God has done in our lives throughout the week. It's the celebration. We're coming together corporately, you and I. We are gathering together for the purpose of doing what? Celebrating his name. We come into his presence. We come through these doors with what? With our arms open wide. We come in with a what? With an expectation of what God is going to do. And when we do this, it's saying, God, I want you to pour out all that you are. As opposed to doing what? Turning our hands, pushing them back, holding someone, holding our Savior when it comes to worship at a distance. Think about just this past week in your life. I'm just thinking about this morning. I'm thinking about yesterday. God's faithfulness over and over and over again. We have so much to be thankful for. And when you think about the the culmination of the events of God's 
his peace that he gives us that passes all understanding, the joy that he pours out, his healing power, the things that we're believing for, the things that we're going after, the people we're walking and partnering with as we're going deeper in his word, his mercy that is new every single morning. What does the word says? It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, the mouth sings. Out of the overflow of our heart. So that at the end of the week on a Sunday morning, when we come in to worship our Savior, we can't contain it. We can't contain the things that are in our hearts. And what do we do? We extend our arms. We celebrate. We open ourselves to all that God has. Amen? Because God is faithful. One of my favorite verses, Hebrews 10, 23, it says this. It says, let us take hold of the hope we profess without wavering. Think about that. Without wavering. Because he who has promised is faithful. Do you believe that? He's not faithful 95% of the time. He's not faithful even 99.9% of the time. He is faithful 100% of the time. He never lets us down. He never fails us. His timing is perfect. He is a sovereign God. He wants nothing more than a relationship with us. So we look back over the week and we go, God, man, I come into your presence with thanksgiving. Check out this verse, Psalm 95. Let me read it to you. Psalm 95, 1 and 2 says, come, let's shout praises to God. Raise the roof for the God who saved us. Let's march into his presence singing praises, lifting the rafters with our hymns. Now, that's the message version. And how cool is that? Let's raise the roof with our praise. Let's lift the rafters with our hymns. Yes, you heard it correctly. Even with hymns, we can raise the roof. And we can lift the rafters. Amen? And what does that speak to? It simply speaks to this. It's an attitude of the heart. It doesn't matter if it's a Hillsong song or a hymn. It doesn't matter if there's sound or no sound. It doesn't matter if there's a band or no band. It doesn't matter who's leading or not leading. It's simply what? A matter of the heart. There's a simplicity of that, of coming in to his presence. This wasn't part of the message, but last night we had another opportunity. Annually we hang out with some with some friends, and we go to this scavenger hunt. It's an annual scavenger hunt. It's just at a club here in town. And let me tell you something. As the night went on, man, it was a celebration. I mean, people were having a great time. They were dancing. They literally were raising the roof, lifting the rafters. It was, a, it was an amazing night. But why do, we, why do we join a club? Why do we want to be a part of things? Because we want to be known we want to know. We want to have relationships. We want to go deeper with people. So we gathered together, and it was an amazing time. And I thought, man, how cool was this night? People had a great time. Now, I didn't get obnoxious. I wasn't on the dance floor pulling out my Michael Jackson MJ moves and things like that. I was observing from outside. But it was an amazing night. And how does that apply to us on a Sunday morning? People want to be a part of that. Now, that's temporary. Those things do not necessarily have any redeeming value. It's just a fun night. Think about Sunday mornings when we come into the presence of the Lord, when we open ourselves to all that God has for us and he pours it 
out. Think about the life. Think about John 10, 10 that says, I want to give you an abundant, amazing, incredible life. Let me tell you something. That draws people. That is like a magnet. It is alive. And that is what God does in our hearts when we simply say, God, I surrender myself to you. I lay myself at your feet. Have your way in me. So this morning as we go along, we're going to simply worship, and then we're going to respond to the word that God lays before us. And we're going to celebrate in this place. But as I lay this before you, I want you to know this. A lot of times, listen, I've been in settings where they say jump, and everybody jumps. I've been in settings where they say raise your hand, everybody raises their hand. Do this, do that. And let me tell you something. This is simply a sharing of the word, laying the foundation, saying this is what the word says about about worship, who we worship, what worship is. But then we each, with our own hearts, have to lay that before the Lord. We have to discern. We have to determine. We have to say, God, search my heart. Show me what it is and how you would have me move forward in heartfelt worship to you. Because it's not about simply the lifting of hands or or clapping or an outward demonstration. All those things are completely hollow and shallow if it's not coming out of the abundance of our heart. Amen? That's where it begins. It's the attitude of the heart. So would you stand back to your feet, if you would, and let's celebrate once again. And as we're singing this song this morning, would you do that? It's easy to get distracted, isn't it? It's easy to think about the person next to you, isn't it? It's easy to think about what's going to happen next. Let's allow this moment to happen. Let's rest in God's presence and let's celebrate and come into his presence with thanksgiving. I love that word thanksgiving. In the Hebrew, it's the word T-O-D-A-H, which is tada. And what that means is when you come into his presence with thanksgiving, the Hebrew definition of that is actually with hands extended. How cool is that? It's coming in and it's extending our hands in thanks and thanksgiving to him. It's simply opening ourselves up to all that he wants to do. Can we celebrate together? Can we do that? Let's do it.
Yes, you did, Lord. In victory we reign. Come on, let's sing it one last time together. Yeah. Our God is a mighty warrior. You're a consuming fire. Celebrate your name, for you are worthy. Thank you, Lord. Bless you. Praise you. Celebrate you, God. Hallelujah. Well, you can be seated. I don't know about you, but that was a lot of fun. You might see me up here playing this guitar and doing a lot of this. Jumping around, making weird faces, moving around a little bit. Let me tell you something. That's because I'm excited. I mean, that's because I'm passionate about our Savior. Amen? There's nothing more to get excited about. I've been to a lot of football games. I've been to a lot of basketball games. I've got on the front row and I've cheered for my favorite teams and gone crazy. And be like, yeah! Let me tell you something. There's no more thing, nothing in the world that is more exciting what our Savior has done in our hearts and our lives. Amen? And that is what we are celebrating. And I'm so excited about it. Check out this verse. Before we sing and push with our next song. Matthew 18, 3 through 5. Jesus said, I'm telling you once and for all that unless you return to square one and start over like children, you're not even going to get a look at the kingdom, let alone get in. Whoever becomes simple and elemental, think about that. Whoever becomes simple and elemental again, like this child, will rank high in God's kingdom. How amazing is that? Coming into the presence of the Lord like a child without any hindrances, without any reservations, Simply come into the Father's presence without any cynicism in our hearts, without any distractions, without anything that has divided us or gets in front of us or the enemy throws as an obstacle in our way. Jesus is saying, simply come into my presence like a child. Now, as I was preparing this week and thinking about that, I thought about my own kiddos. I thought about in the morning time, and many of, us, many of us have experienced this. I think about Frankie, who's our two-year-old, our two-and-a-half-year-old, a.k.a. Frankie Fat Fingers. I think about in the morning when he gets out of his crib and he's coming down the stairs, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table having my coffee. And every single morning, without fail, he comes down and what do you think he has? He has his arms open wide and extended. He comes running into the kitchen. He's yelling, Daddy, he is so excited to see me. And what do I do? I receive him with my arms open. He wants nothing more than to be wrapped up. He feels secure. 
He feels safe. There's a warmth. There's a presence there. And it's like Groundhog Day. It never fails. The next morning comes around. He does the same exact thing. He runs. He sprints. He is so excited to see me. There is no reservation. There is nothing hindering him. There is nothing distracting him. There is nothing in his mind that is, that is saying, keeping his eyes focused off his father. Nothing at all. He probably has one thing in his mind, and it's probably chocolate milk that he wants in the morning. There's just a little mind bubble there, and it has either a piece of gum or a piece of candy in it. And that's about it. But he comes running down, and he has his arms open, and he has his arms what? He has his arms extended because he wants me to grab him. He wants me to pick him up. He wants me to lift him up. He wants me to wrap him up. Coming into the presence of our Father, as we just read in Matthew, with a simple and elemental faith, come to me like a child. And then I think of our five-year-old Theo, our six-year-old Lola, our eight-year-old Jack. They're all in the kind of same range there. And I think about on each morning, I'm sitting at the kitchen table having my coffee, and I think about them coming down, coming into the kitchen. I think about Jack, who's eight. He comes down every single morning, typically with a big smile on his face. He is happy to see me. He doesn't come necessarily with arms out like this or extended up, but he walks up. He doesn't run, as Frankie does. He walks. They walk, and he comes up and gives me a big hug. He says, Dad, did you sleep good? I ask him, hey, did you have a good night's sleep, buddy? I wrap him up. He usually has a big smile on his face. But there's a little more reservation, even at eight years old. He doesn't have his hands up. He doesn't want me to lift him up. He's too big for that. He just walks in, and as many of you know, with children, he comes in. He's happy to see me. I wrap him up. And then I think about the teenage years. And I think about our oldest daughter, Morgan. And I think about myself being a teenager. Think about your teenagers and the teenagers you've had. And let me brag on her first before I proceed. She's a senior this year. She's going to the University of Arkansas, which is awesome. She knocked it out with her academics and her ACT. She was on the homecoming court. This, I know I'm bragging. This past Friday. Dads are supposed to brag, right? It was awesome. So excited for her. But think about teenagers. Listen, she wakes up in the morning. She's got a lot more on her mind than coming down the steps like Frankie Fat Fingers and running with her arms wide open and saying, Dad, Daddy, Daddy. Let me tell you something. If you have a teenager that does that, be very disturbed. Very, very disturbed. That's disturbing. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not actually. But you know as teenagers, and I'm painting a broad stroke here, that typically does not happen. I might get a nod in the morning. I might get a what's up. I might get a nothing. I'm sitting over there having my coffee the same place every day. She knows where I'm at. But she's got things to do. And listen, think about your teenage years. I'm thinking about myself. I'm thinking about during that age and stage how many insecurities we have, how many fears we have, all the things that we're thinking. And one thing teenagers think the most is what? Everybody's looking at me. And what they don't realize is nobody's looking at them. But they don't know that. They think everybody's watching them, every move they make and everything they're doing. And there's insecurities 
whatever it might be, and there's fears, and there's what's this person think, and the person next to me, and all these kinds of things that go on at that age and that stage. And then as we get into our 20s and we begin to mature as adults, we look back at our parents, our grandparents, the significant others in our family that raised us, and we say, man, as we know, they were pretty wise. They had my best intentions in mind. And guess what begins to happen at that time, most of the time? A deeper relationship begins to develop. You go deeper in that relationship with your parents, with your grandparents, with those in your life. And as I share those ages and stages from Frankie, Theo, Lola, Jack, teenagers, Morgan, a lot of times that is a great representation and look of how we come into the presence of the Lord, isn't it? We come in with insecurities. We come in with a more of a fear of man than a fear of God. And when we hear in the word, have a holy fear of God, many times we take that as a be scared, be afraid of God, but that's not the case. It's a holy reverence. It's an adoration. It's a fear of God. It's saying, God, simply put, I care more about what you think than anything else in this world. That is a holy reverence of God. And when we come in like a child with a simplistic elemental faith, where we lay every distraction down at the Savior's feet, when we say, God, I simply come into your presence, when we lay all the preferences and all the prejudices down, when we lay all of our personal preferences down, we say, God, I simply come with my arms open wide without reservation into your presence. That's when it allows God to do what? To pour out his goodness. As the word says, worship opens doors to all of his goodness. And it is an amazing thing. It is simple. It is elemental. That is my prayer this morning. Would you stand to your feet? And we're going to worship together. We're going to sing a very familiar song, Come As You Are. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that we have a king and a savior that says that we can come into his presence just as we are. Amen. No matter where we've been, he's all about where we're going. He's not about our past. He's about our future. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. He says, listen, come into my presence. My arms are wide open. I want nothing more than to receive you and to wrap my arms around you, to love you, to pour my joy, my goodness into your life. As John 10, 10 talks about the abundant life that Christ has for us. We were created to worship our Savior, to reflect his glory. So as we sing this song this morning, come as you are. Can you keep that, that, that picture of that child, that elemental, simple faith in your mind and in your heart? And say, God, once again, 
I want to come into your presence like that child. With my arms wide open. No reservation. I want to miss out on all that you have for me, amen? Yeah, that's our heart's prayer this morning. sadness from wherever you've been come broken hearted let rescue begin come find your mercy oh sinner come near earth has no sorrow heaven can heal earth has no sorrow heaven can heal So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame, thank you Lord, all who are broken, lift up your face, oh wanderer come home, you're not There's hope. There's hope for the hopeless. And all who have faith, sit at the table, come taste the grace. There's rest for the weary, a rest that endures. Earth has no sorrow, but heaven can go. Thank you, Lord. So lay down your of your faith 
God in your heart. Let's sing it again together. Lay down your burdens, Lord. We lay them at your feet. Lay down your shame, boy. And all who are broken, 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 lift up your at your feet you are worthy 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 Lord mm-hmm. Lord we honor you there is none like you Lord we surrender all we open ourselves thank you that we come into your presence just as we are. We thank you that you receive us, that you welcome us, that you wrap your arms around us. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we honor you once again this morning. For you are worthy. Amen. You can be seated.
I love worshiping together. Amen? I wish every morning could be Sunday morning. We just do Sunday morning every single morning and worship together, lift up our voices, unified corporately to our Savior. I want to pose a question to you this morning. And I've been guilty of asking this question many, many times. I've heard it. If you've grown up in the church or if you've been around a church for more than one week, you've probably heard it. And this doesn't apply to just Christ's community. This is every church around the entire globe, around the nation, everywhere. How many times have you heard the question posed, and I'm specifically talking about worship? How was the worship? How was the worship today? I've heard it a thousand times. And what are we really asking when we ask that? We're saying, how was the worship leader today? We're saying, how was the band? How was the music? How was the sound person? We're saying, how was the congregation? Was it alive? Was it dead? What songs did they do? How was the electric guitar solo? How did Neil play over here? Was he a little out of tune or was he, was he good? You like that focus? He's always on in tune, so that's a mute point. But that's what we're asking, isn't it? We're saying, how was the worship today? We're saying, God, how was the band? What was, and I've been guilty of it. I've sat back. I've gone into churches many, many times, and I've sat in the back, and I've sat in the front. It doesn't matter where you sit. I've sat there, and I've critiqued. And I've gone, mm, I, don't, I don't know about that. Or ah, I wouldn't have chosen that song. Or I don't, I don't know if he has a future. He's a little bit flat. You know what I mean? Can't really play his instrument too well. I might need to help him out a little bit. You know, you think all these thoughts just sit in the back just like, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right place for me because they only sang two up-tempo songs. And the rest of them were worship songs. And I just don't want to worship that much. And I'm just being... I'm just being facetious, kind of being funny. But I've been guilty of it. I sit back there and I'm saying, man, how was the worship? How was it? How did it sound? Is this place rocking? Is it not? What's their style? All this. And listen, in our culture, we're guilty of it, aren't we? Of going to concerts, worship concerts. And we have all these amazing musicians, all these amazing worship leaders and songwriters, the creative people that God has gifted absolutely amazingly. And I'm so thankful for them. But we can go to a worship, quote-unquote, concert, and a lot of times, what do we do? We worship the worshiper, don't we? Or we worship the style, we worship the idea, instead of doing what? Simply worshiping our king and creator, the lover of our souls. Many times we can go to these concerts, worship, and they're amazing, don't get me wrong. I've been a part of many. Many of these guys are my friends. They're amazing guys, have awesome hearts. So that's not the point here. The point is this. Many times we can go to a worship concert like this and we can go, man, this is awesome. We can jump up and down and we can put our hands in the air. This is amazing. We're clapping. This is awesome. And then on Sunday morning, maybe a couple days later, we come in. We're, re- we're reserved. We're not open. There's a fear. There's, a, there's, a, there's an insecurity. There's a looking around. And what does that say? It says, man, I was just there to jump up and down and have a good time, be a part of the whole thing. But it's not really about the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I've been guilty of it myself. 
We ask that question, how was my worship, or how was the worship today? How were the song selections, all these things, instead of what I just said? We should ask the question, and man, this hit home with me. We should each ask ourselves the question on a daily basis, not just on Sunday morning. How was my worship? And that changes the entire perspective, doesn't it? When we ask ourselves, how was my worship today? How did I worship? Because it doesn't matter about the song, does it? It doesn't matter about the band. It doesn't matter the context. It doesn't matter the building. If we can't once again walk out those back doors and say, God, and ask ourselves the question, how was my worship today? If we can't lay the preferences and the prejudices and the things that divide us, then we have to search our own hearts and we have to ask God to search our hearts and say, God, what is hindering me from receiving all that you have for me? And that changed my entire perspective. God, how was my worship today? Let me read something to you, and I've titled it this. I think it's a Johnny Cash song. I've been everywhere, man. Have you heard that? That's a Johnny Cash song, isn't it? And I haven't, I haven't memorized all this. Let me read this to you. It says this. I'm speaking, about, I'm speaking about myself here. I've attended churches where they said jump, and everyone began jumping. I've attended churches where they said, please do not jump. We do not want to have any accident liability. I've been in houses of worship where there's seemingly complete chaos, and I've been in places where absolute order is of highest importance. I've been in charismatic atmospheres, and I've been in very liturgical settings. I've worshiped with every ethnicity and places all around the world. I've been in churches where they say the Holy Spirit is evident, and I've been in churches where they say the Holy Spirit is not relevant to us today. I've been in pre-modern and post-modern churches. I've been in millennial-driven churches. I've been in seeker-sensitive churches, and I've been in churches that don't seek much of anything. I've attended churches where during worship people begin running around the church yelling, where someone would get excited, throw a hymnal, and sprint out the back door. That is a true story. I remember being a kid in my dad's church. I was young, and there was this one woman who every time she got excited in worship, she'd start chucking hymnals at people. And she would run out the back door. And most of the time she would injure herself. There was an ambulance involved most of the time somehow because she would jump off the back steps. Yes, I've seen it all. I've attended churches where I walked in for Sunday, a Sunday morning service, and people were rolling around on the floor underneath the pews, laughing and crying, saying words that I couldn't understand. That is true. I led worship at a church a long time ago where I'd walk in on Sunday mornings and be prepared for worship, but I didn't see anybody, and I wondered, why don't I see anybody here at the church? It's because they were all under the pews. This is a true story. And I've also been in churches where they wear robes, light candles, and do a lot of hand motions, and you can hear a pin drop. I've been in settings where they've said, we had church, and I've been in settings where their core mission is not to look like they're having church. To be a place for people who have been hurt by the church. I've led worship in churches where they say we want more, and I've led in churches where they say we want less. I've led worship in churches that jump and shout, and I've led worship in churches that sit and stare. I've led worship in settings where the lights are up, where the lights are down, where the sound is up, where the sound is down where they want a rocking band, where they want just me and the keys, where they want any instrument, just the voice, or they don't want me at all. 
I've been in every single one of those settings. And let me ask you a question this morning. As we wrap up and we think about that childlike faith, who's right? Who has it right? There's a church on every corner all around this globe. Who's doing it right? What's the right way to worship? How do we worship? What's the right way to enter into his presence? But in charismatic settings where everybody's jumping up and down, man, it looks like, man, they are worshiping God. But that doesn't necessarily mean their hearts are in the right place. They might just be going through the motions. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know their hearts. I can't judge their hearts. But that might be the case. I've been in liturgical settings, robes. It's beautiful. Hymns, organ. Man, and those have been some of the most amazing, worshipful times ever. It's all about the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. As Colossians 3.16 says, out of the abundance of the heart, that's where hymns and psalms and spiritual songs come from, out of the overflow of our heart. It's not a matter of any of these things I just mentioned. None of these things are going to change. They're always going to be there until the end of time, until God comes back. It's not changing. We're not going to resolve anything. It's simply a matter and an attitude of our heart. Amen. It's simply saying, man, how was my worship today? And the reason that is so strong, so powerful, so on my heart is because you and I know that when we experience the power in the presence of our, uh, of our Savior, when we come into his presence like a child, simple and elemental, we know the healing that takes place. We know the power that through his spirit lifts us up and renews our minds and heals our hearts and allows us to operate and walk in his spirit in a power, in an authority, and in a way that we were created for. When we simply do one thing and one thing only, we simply say, God, I come into your presence like a child. I don't care about anything else except welcome you without hindrance. I don't care about anything else except having your presence poured out in my life and your love and mercy poured out into me above all other things. And let me tell you something. When we do that, there is a freedom. There is a victory. There is a release of the burdens and the weights, man, that can weigh us down. Our Savior, our healer, is the only one who can lift the burdens and the weights off of our shoulders. That is why we come. That is why we worship. That is why we come with our arms open wide and say, God, pour out your presence once again. I'm desperate for you. I'm hungry for you. I need you more than ever. Amen. Can we stand once again? We're going to end with a song this morning. A song that we led at the men's conference. Powerful song. Broken vessels.
And as we sing it this morning, I know what you're already thinking. Don't let your minds go there. You might already be thinking, what's coming next? What am I going to do when I go out these doors right here? I know I start thinking that. Start wrapping up. That's what our minds do. Let's allow God's presence to fill us up in this moment. Let's not let this moment just go away and fade away. Amen? Whatever that means for you, you have to take the word. You have to unfold it and go, God, I'm going to discern and determine how, would you, how you would have me move forward. I'm not just going to jump because somebody said jump. I'm not going to clap because somebody said clap. I'm not even going to sing because somebody just told me to sing. I want this to be an authentic, genuine, natural, supernatural response to you from my heart. Because I can't contain what you've poured out. Amen? Simple as that. Let's sing it together. These pieces broken and scattered in mercy gathered, mended and whole, empty handed but now forsaken. I've been set free, I've been set free. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Oh, I once was lost, but now I am found, was blind, but now I see. See the love in your eyes, laying yourself down and raising up the broken to
in his presence once again this morning. Let his arms wrap around you. Let his love fill your heart. Lord, we come into your presence like a child without reservation this morning. We lay ourselves at your feet. We surrender all that we are. God, have your way in us. That's our heart's prayer. Thank you, Lord. Just tell him that in your own way this morning.
thank you, Lord. Lord, that's the cry of our hearts this morning. To come into your presence once again, like a child. Open, honest, without reservation. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we honor you. Lord, we glorify your name. There is no name above your name. We praise you. We give you all the glory. In your name. Everyone said, amen. Well, God bless you this morning. Listen, if there's one thing that you take away with you this morning, is that question, how was my worship? Allow God to search each one of our hearts so that every single day his mercies are new. And we experience his goodness and his grace and his faithfulness. Amen. God bless you. Thanks, guys.